You're listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between running and positive mental health. We do this by talking to runners from all walks of life who generously share their experiences with us. So you don't miss an episode, I've created an email list for you to join. Check the show notes for more details. Without further ado, I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we chat with Kate Heine. Kate is a mother of two young twin girls. They're about two years old and she's studying and she's working. So she's really busy. How does she fit running in as well? Well, that's a question I asked her and she said, well, if it wasn't for running, she wouldn't be able to do all of those other things. In fact, running provides her with the balance that she needs to be able to make it all work. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Buddy, I am excited to introduce you all to Kate Heine. Hello, Kate. Hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. I really I am excited because I get to learn more about you. And I really don't know much apart from you like to run. And I think you live in the south of the state where I live. So down in Hobart Way. So it's going to be a fun unfolding of who Kate is and what running means to her. So I'm very excited about it. Thank you. All right, let's start with Kate. Where did you grow up? I actually grew up in England. I lived there for pretty much the first 20 years of my life. I grew up in Northampton, which is in the Midlands, so 50 miles north of London. Yeah. Yeah, just me and my brother, my mum and dad grew up in the countryside in a little village and yeah, that was it really. My my dad grew up in um, in Camberley in Surrey. So you oh. have lots of family over there. And we've spent a little bit of time over there. Not strong when, connection. Not as a kid. Yeah, very, very strong UK connection, like a lot of Aussies. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly when I was growing up, a lot of Aussies, I think we're becoming a bit more multicultural now, which is awesome <laughs> in yeah. Australia. Um, okay, so when you were at school, was sport a big thing for you? Yeah, definitely. I was, I was a pretty sporty kid. Like I loved athletics. I swam I did trampolining I did gymnastics I played rugby I did hockey oh, wow. I was a very outside and sport orientated child yeah um as I got older rugby was like a big family sport and I played women's rugby to quite high standard and I also did um track and field to uh, what would be the equivalent because it's like county level so we don't yeah, have like states so, we have counties yeah so, so I guess like state level then yeah, so yeah. it would sort of be like that, I guess. Yeah. Wow. And so you you said your family were really into rugby, or they're kind of a sporty family. So do you, yeah. do you think that was a big part of it, or you were just you were innately kind of driven to have a you know that sporty bent where you wanted to keep moving? Yeah. Well, my mum did try me in dancing when I was young, but the um, ballet teacher said that I should maybe try something a bit more physical. So. Oh wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, my dad was is a rugby mad and um I sort of, you know, went along to like mini rugby and then just played like women's rugby. My dad was also um a very keen runner and he ran marathons and sort of travelled oh, wow. to like New York to run the New York marathon. So I definitely always had 
uh, but being active role models for me. Yeah, we talk about that, especially with parents in the podcast or young people who've got parents who are <laughs> who are sporty, and just how that affects the children as they're growing up. Mm. You know, that being an example, like. For me, as a parent of of kids, that it is something that occurs to me and has occurred to me over the years that I'm a uh, a positive example in that area for my kids. So, so everyone who's wondering what's happening to Kate, she's got a bit of a cough, but only because she's talking to me. It's making the cough happen, I think. So now, while we have a chat um, between me and and you, we'll let um, Kate get rid of her cough for a second. There you go. Thing, like talking about being fit and healthy and <laughs> I am like dying in the corner here it's like as soon as you say you can't cough that's exactly what you want to do I know I think it's a brain thing but anyway we're talking about parents and their um being an example to their kids and sort of you're mm. like a second generation or a third generation I don't know how far back it goes in your family yeah and like being a mum myself that's something that I I really consider and I really think about a lot is um the example I'm setting for my children I think it's so powerful like when I was small I would get on my bike and ride alongside my dad going for his run it was really part of his routine my yeah. mum also used to do um like play badminton and also did like yep. an aerobics class and so yeah my parents taking time to go and do something for themselves and that being something fit and healthy was mm. like I said really role models for me like the um, norm and they also ferried us around to all our sports you know my dad um helped coach the rugby team and my brother's basketball and yeah they were very involved in that aspect for us and our family holidays were always like walking holidays or you know being fit and healthy or fit and active was definitely a big part of our lives that's awesome Mm -hmm. I mean because I mean you would look around and you would have friends at school for example where you could see that that not everybody has that background unfortunately yeah. and it's even more it feels like it's more and more I don't know the older you get the more <laughs> the more I see these things where you think oh in, in my day we're so much more <laughs> you know people yeah. do, it feels like people sit around a lot more and we have more reason to not be physically active um, and families seem to to be a bit more bit less physically active than than uh, perhaps they used to be so it's awesome when you hear like generational stuff where it's kind of that's the way to yeah to help move well, forward well, I mean you're probably the same we had a lot of I guess we had a lot of freedom um as mm. children to go outside and play yeah we certainly weren't really well we didn't have computers back in my day <laughs> yeah well either. we did have one but you know not quite the same um the old dial up and yeah you know watching television wasn't really considered like an activity it was yeah. like go outside and play doesn't matter the weather around up your friends on your bikes or you know compared to I'm sure kids today where there's a lot more fear about letting your children yeah. go off into the fields or whatever yeah there is it's interesting um hmm, it's something you could talk about for a long time isn't it it's like the, <laughs> the yeah. fear that that's in the community around things like that all right let's but let's get back to Kate and uh, and find out a bit more about you. So at school, I know you said you did all the sport. How did you, can you isolate how you felt about the running element? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, well, I love, I did short distance. So like 100, 200. Um, girls did 300, not 400 for some reason. Um, oh. <laughs> the track, yeah. Um, 
anything over that I wasn't really that keen on and I definitely faked uh injury for cross country on more than one occasion which is quite hilarious now looking back at the way my life's gone um yeah so I I liked running yeah you enjoyed it yeah yeah definitely um so what about academically what did you do at school so you didn't come out here till Australia we'll we'll get into in a minute like why are you here (laughs) so but before we get to that what did you you know what sort of stuff at school were you interested in I was quite I was quite like I I feel like I was quite a well-rounded student like I generally got on with everyone I was really lucky I didn't have um you know I didn't really have any experiences of getting bullied I wasn't very musical but like I did drama because I was just quite a confident kid and you know I was probably you know I was quite good at academic study I guess and what did you (laughs) so we'll talk amongst ourselves well Kate has another coughing fit poor Kate (laughs) we do need to say it's got it's got nothing to do with um, whether you're healthy or not. I don't think coughing. It's a whole other system. <laughs> I think it's you get a tickle in your throat. My coughing fits out. <laughs> it's fine. It's just a little sprinkle of entertainment in the podcast. Mm. Let's see how many times we can get Kate to cough. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't make you laugh, but it's probably worse. <laughs> so, um, when you left school, like, or when you left um I don't know what they call it in England. Did you go off to university? What did you do at the end? Yeah, no. Well, I I sort of, no. So when I left school, sixth form, so I went on to do Mm -hmm. A-levels. And then I went into employment. So that would have been like around about 18. Yeah. And I actually got a job in um, a psychiatric hospital in the UK. And I worked there as a healthcare assistant for three years. Intense. yeah, it was a really big learning curve, I've got mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and then I just went off travelling after that. I um, gatecrashed my brother's gap year and we headed off to New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand. Uh-huh. We did some island hopping around Fiji and Vanuatu. We're really oh, wow. keen divers. We worked our way through some dive tickets um, and then came back to the UK just to sort of jet off again. Went to Zanzibar to do... a uh, my dive master training for scuba diving and then Mexico to teach scuba diving to do my instructor training and teach scuba diving. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. <laughs> so how long did you do that for? How long were you in Mexico? Um, well, all up. I mean, I think I came to Australia. I went, I went to New Zealand for the Rugby World Cup in 2011 and then I came to Australia after that. Okay. So... Yeah, that was like most of my 20s, like hopping around doing various things. Yeah. Like lots of young British people. Lots of young British people, yeah. And young Australians, I should say, as well, tend to do the same thing. There's a lot of Aussies out there doing things like that, yeah. There is. And what would be your favourite place that you went? Oh, that's pretty tough, actually. Um, that's, That's such a hard question. Like, there's so many amazing aspects of a lot of places that I've travelled. Um, I guess for being blown away, there's two places that really struck me and for very different reasons. Yeah. So going to Italy and going to Rome, wandering around Rome is just yeah. a like wild experience because you're literally just like, you know, walking through this very like modern city and you turn a corner and you're like, 
and it's so wild how like the modern city sort of sprung up around the ruins and that was just so mind-blowing to me and then another place would probably be Nepal just like for the you know pure majesty of the mountains like it was oh, absolutely yeah. just again mind-blowing but it was nature this time like taking my breath that's, away that's mm. beautiful oh that's actually a place I'd love to go to to Nepal oh, I've um, yeah, it's amazing done Rome I understand the Rome yeah. thing so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and while so in that 20s while you were scuba diving and all of that and traveling around what kind of so was the scuba diving was the exercise or did you do other things to try and stay fit in order to support the scuba diving how did that look in your life yeah so look I'm going to be honest hmm. being a scuba diving instructor is not the for many is not the healthiest oh. lifestyle because it comes with a expat lifestyle which is very social involves yeah, a lot of so drinking, partying yeah enjoying um <laughs> very much so yeah um definitely part of the experience but um yeah I definitely still ran like I you know I was it's not the best paying job so I wasn't joining any fancy yeah. gyms at that time but we did do social sports like you know basketball and things yeah. like that um but yeah running was definitely still a part of my life during yeah. those Places, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, how do, how did we get Kate in Tasmania? How did you end up um, being here and still being here, staying here? Yes. Well, um, <laughs> I I came to New Ze- I came from New Zealand after the Rugby World Cup. Okay. England was pretty disgraceful, like on and off the field, and I sort of sold the rest of my tickets and just bought a flight to Australia quite dramatically. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> that's it I'm leaving I'm not I can't stay in this country anymore you're doing too badly okay yes basically yeah um and yeah I had my scuba diving ticket and I just did this like really classic thing that you do when you're traveling and I think you're you've got that mentality I met this I met this guy in India and he's like oh if you're ever in Sydney give me a call yeah and you can um you can come like crash on my couch so I called him up and he's like, oh, when are you getting here? I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm like in the Botanic Gardens. And he's like, oh, cool. I work in Sydney. Like, you know, I'll come around and get your bag and you can just like come back after. And then he, he helped me find a job in Sydney. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> oh, look, um, Kate's making me cough as well now. <laughs> I'm not even in the same room. <laughs> That's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I worked in Sydney for a bit and then I did a very similar thing to some friends up in Cairns and then I ended up in Townsville um, teaching diving um, to actually to soldiers as part of their adventure okay. training. So, oh, wow. yeah, there's a big push for, like, soldiers up in Townsville to do things other than drink and fight each other. So oh, they try and do activities <laughs> like <laughs> diving and, um, yeah. Something so fun. That, yeah, something fun. Yeah, so you're in Townsville. That's I'm sorry, but that's almost as far away as the UK is from. Uh, yeah, quite far. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I so I, I actually met a guy and I ended up following him down here, and then yeah, that didn't work out. But I just really loved Tassie and ended oh, up wow. staying. Wow! Hmm. So you met a Tassie guy in Townsville, or somebody yeah. who wanted to come to Tasmania? <laughs> no, Tassie guy in Townsville. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And then you. So how long have you been in Tassie for? Oh, like. 2013-ish around about then yeah I did um yeah did go for it do a bit of a lap of Australia after Mm -hmm. that um 
which probably took a year and then like came back and settled in Tassie, yeah. And what did you do? What is it the same um, as what you do now or have you, how have you? No, it's the same. it is the same to some extent. So um, I got a job working in sort of the mental health disability space. I worked mm-hmm. for a local disability support uh, provider mm-hmm. and I worked um, in what some people like call group homes, like yeah. supportive independent living. Yeah, um, yeah so my role my first role with them was to do was like the activities lady so I'd sort of go in and do people up and you know try and convince them to come for a walk with me or you know basically to do activities like cooking or you know being a bit more active um yeah and then I worked I did work for the NDIS for a couple of years and then another local provider um yeah we're sort of helping people get onto the uh national disability insurance scheme And then now I work for in another role, which is support coordination, which is essentially, if you're not familiar with the NDIS, is helping people implement their plans to spend their funding to connect to services, that kind of thing. Okay. And you can do that mostly from home with sort of going out to visit people and then sort of coordinating things from from home? Yeah, definitely. A lot of it's emails, phone calls, that kind of thing. Okay. Probably in my role is... I don't know, maybe like 80% behind the scenes, 20% face-to-face, depending yeah. on the person. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, it's a good job. I, re- I really enjoy my job. I don't always enjoy the bureaucracy of working yeah. with a government agency, but um, I do like really like the people I work with, like the participants, we call them participants of the scheme. Yeah, yeah. yeah the NDAS has its, its issues, <laughs> having yeah. been around the outside of it very minor way in the last few years. To yeah, have a client myself, I was like, well, that, this isn't fun. <laughs> anyway, yeah, <laughs> it's all bureaucracy, anyway. Um, all right, let's get to to Kate's running as it. When did when did running become more of a part of your life? Do you think, like in rather I than can, you know, actually, you rugby and all these other things? So yeah, yeah, I can pinpoint it pretty definitely. So when I was back in the UK in my late teens early 20s working in the psychiatric hospital um like I wasn't particularly healthy for a while I guess um it was like self-inflicted poor health I moved from like a town like a small village to a town where I had like takeaways and pubs at my fingertips I was very social meeting all these new people we'd go to the pub after work hate to say it but I did also smoke for a while back there and um just wasn't that healthy I, I ended up putting on a lot of weight yeah. um and I got the opportunity to change from day shifts to night shifts at the hospital and I just took this as a sign that I needed to overhaul my life and gone were after work trips to the pub and takeaways and you know I just used that as an opportunity to start focusing a bit more on my health so I had like an old pair of gym shoes left in my school days and I actually backed onto a really beautiful park and I just one day I just was like this is it got my shoes on off I went and honestly it was yeah it was pretty humbling experience I from someone who had been so fit and healthy I literally would have run a few hundred meters and ended up having a little view in the hedge and I was just so upset I sort of walked home hanging my head yeah. and then 
I just the next day I did it again and again and I just started getting a bit further around the park and I think at that age you're quite lucky you bounce back so yeah, yeah I felt my fitness coming back and um, from then on it was like a multiple times a week I'd go and do a couple of laps of the park or yeah I'd go back to mum and dad's and run around where I used to grow up and that kind of thing and then when I went traveling like with my brother um, to New Zealand we just we would just get to a new place and we'd go for a run just to help us um, you know get to know the new area and yeah. um, navigate where we were and just to shake off you know traveling and yeah it became part of my life that way I guess sort of how um, you explored your new environments yeah. yeah yes exactly like found a lot of fun in getting lost to find ourselves again yeah. and yeah we you know there's some beautiful trails in New Zealand so I guess we dabbled in trails a little bit you know um if there was a bush walk we'd go and run it instead and it was still really like low-key at that point I didn't yeah. have any concept of like nutrition or hydration definitely didn't have a sports watch <laughs> um nothing like that it was very like I guess free running you know it's just mm. that joy of um of feeling your body move through the environment and that's yeah. it like it wasn't it, all this complicated Exploring, stuff that yeah. we tend to do <laughs> so, oh, definitely the more you get into it yeah did, yeah um out of interest did your where's your brother now is he back in the uk or no, still traveling or here in peninsula or here in australia yeah, <laughs> yeah he's here in australia and my mum and dad also moved they live like eight minutes down the road now so what? we're all here yeah that's so did they move because you guys decided that you weren't coming back to the northern hemisphere of the world <laughs> is that yeah. how that happened sure did. and my brother's partner just had a baby so that's really exciting oh that's I'm amazing oh. yeah so yeah we're all over here now that's awesome I love it <laughs> yeah. Actually, it reminds me a bit when I was in um when we were in Greece many a few years ago um and in Athens every time you we went into like a cafe they would hear our Australian accent and they'd be like oh are you near Melbourne <laughs> I've got cousins yeah. in Melbourne maybe you could we could come I could come back with you and I'll just say that I'm yours your daughter as well because we had my kids yeah. with me <laughs> we're kind of like That's all so trying funny. to come back to you know come back to yeah, yeah you're like sure. it's quite far away but it it's matter, yeah away. Uh, isn't it I think Melbourne is something like the second biggest population of Greek people just a yeah. fact than Athens or like apart from places in Greece of course um it's wow, got the second, amazing it's like there's such a big population of Greek people anyway yeah. that's another I think also got a very big population of people from the UK yes. <laughs> we're what, everywhere we are I've um I've got a British passport of course as well. oh do you hmm. yeah which I got um well I actually got it renewed about or oh, maybe two months after Brexit happened and then oh, I was no. like well I don't know is it even worth it now it's <laughs> not just... as useful anymore is it no <laughs> that's right I can't just go stay anywhere in Europe as easily I know we won't let's not get started on Brexit because that's a whole another conversation it is another whole conversation let's mm. not do that not today anyway um <laughs> all right <laughs> so this is supposed to be about running not about all our wonderful travels although I Sorry. think <laughs> no no uh, I love like we've done lots of traveling too and I really love to explore a place Right. Yeah. Like my husband and I would often go off and have a little 
um, run around wherever we were for 5k or something and, and you really do get a kind of feel for the place like you, yeah definitely directions and just what's around the corner and oh yeah we know there's a cafe over there or if we run to the top of that hill the view's amazing you know you could just get a real feel for it I used to love that yeah in touch hmm. it's a great way to yeah get to ground yourself in the new place you've just arrived to I think it is yeah all right so uh you came to Tassie did you say in about 2013 or so yeah 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 and when did your parents come um great question like 2021 I think so during COVID uh, uh so wait let me get sorry no maybe it was 2022 actually <laughs> I'm so confused yeah last so year. Was, <laughs> yeah maybe it was last year beginning of last year okay. yeah so basically it's what happened was yeah what happened was um Australia didn't recognise parents as a media family, mm. parents and citizens as a media family. So they weren't able to travel because Australia has very strict travel regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as they decided that parents were indeed a media family, my mum and dad were like, that's it. Let's just make a bid for it. And it, yeah, wow. it's an onshore visa. So they got here, lodged their visa application and they just get to stay here till it's um, processed. So... Um, just how do they find it? Like, I know they're out here now near you guys. And so that must be just a delight and amazing, but it's still, even though the cultures, our cultures between England and, and Australia are pretty similar, there's still that, you know, you, you leave behind all that familiar, you know, all of your friends and yeah. things that you've known for many, many years. How do they find yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I actually love it. Like I've yeah. got, um, I hope not, hopefully they agree with this, but, um, no, like I've got um, two and a half year old twin girls. Yeah. And so they are fully immersed in like grandparent oh. life, which oh. I think they love. Um, it's been really great as well to like, not that there was anything wrong with our relationship, but like to yeah. rebuild our relationship as adults, yeah. because, you know, my brother and I have like lived and traveled a lot and lived away from home, sorry, and traveled a lot. So yeah, getting to know each other again, it has been amazing and like you know we strengthen our relationship and they have been somewhat transient in their own lives like okay I don't know exactly how long ago but um when they retired they moved to Spain for a couple of years and they also lived in France for a couple of years Mm -hmm. so they have spent time away from there yeah so it's not like they were just in the village or whatever for you know 40 or 50 years and then you know, transported no, they, themselves they moved to... home quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They moved from that village that I grew up in to the southwest of the UK, to Dorset, yeah. and we lived there yeah. in a town basically called Bridport, near Bridport in the UK. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they also, you know, they're quite transient. Yeah. I think they were, it was a, obviously a big shock moving so far away, I think. But, yeah, I think they are really enjoying it. It sounds like with um, twins, you've probably given them heaps to stay busy. Yeah, and- <laughs> like think I'm keeping them out of mischief. <laughs> right. I love it. <laughs> All right, Kate, tell me, what does your running look like now? So we've got a bit about your background. We know you're a mum. You've got little yeah. kids and you you work from home mostly, um, yeah. that kind of stuff, and you, you're down in Hobart. What does your running look like? Well, before the girls, it mm. was definitely longer I was really into triathlons I 
did endurance triathlons, which is like the Ironman distance. Yeah. I dabbled in ultra marathons um, and ran marathons. Like, you know, half marathons was kind of like the shortest distance that I would do yeah. if I was going to do a race. Unless it was a trail run, that's slightly different. But yeah, I definitely did a lot of training on the road and the track for triathlon. And then anything on trails was like fun running for me that was like my happy place and it wasn't I didn't consider it like a training session it was like that one was for me sort of thing yeah um I did um and I used to do a lot of social running as well so I used to live over on the um the western side like closer to the mountain and I used to run with a group on Tuesday nights it didn't matter you know the worse the weather the more stoked I'd be to get yeah exactly it'd be like wild on top of the mountain and snow blizzard and we'd be just out there with our head torches on just like going for a run in the snow like I really found like a great group of people that I connected with um and then I met like my partner and moved um to the eastern shore and accessing the mountain just wasn't quite as easy as it used to be across the city to get there (laughs) yeah it's about 45 minutes to sort of get there and you know so it's like an hour and a half of travel to go for a run so it is um a bit more of a commitment but yeah there's definitely a great trail networks around here um like through my pregnancy I run only up to about 16 weeks Mm -hmm. and I did I swam regularly did yoga and walked and rode my stationary bike you know like a, yeah. on a bike trainer but um after the girls as soon as I was cleared I started running just you know probably like 5k's is the distance that I run most frequently now um yeah. and I'd run with like the double buggy and now I usually get up really early to run or I yeah. run you know still half an hour when they are you know at daycare or with mum and dad or with my partner's mum and dad yeah to go for a run um definitely do a lot of park runs which is something I <laughs> never did before I had kids but I, again it comes back to that role modeling I really want them to be involved and to yeah. um you know see how social it is we meet up with a couple of girlfriends and we'll go for a run and then to the park and then for a coffee and yeah just make a you know a real Saturday morning of it so yeah when I am I really love the fact that even though they're too big for the push chair really i put them in there and off we go yeah I love that what what are you before the kids what got you into the longer distance stuff like you've talked about um Ironmans and ultras and things like that why did you do longer stuff not really sure I just I always wanted to do a marathon Mm -hmm. that was a a real a big goal for me and um because my dad had done it and I applied Mm -hmm to do the London I applied um, to the ballot for the London Marathon and I got a place and I ran that um and that was like a really emotional experience so I didn't actually even have a sports watch I used to I I knew like the distances because I'd measured it in my dad's car and I used to time myself and I'd come home and my dad would help me work out what my pace had been um and then when I got a place for the London Marathon I bought like my first sports watch and started getting you know a bit more serious and finishing that was really emotional I was just like I couldn't believe how far I'd come from being so unfit and unhealthy Mm. to running a marathon and I was literally hugging the people giving me a medal like you don't know who I am but but how much this means to me and I was just so excited like I was literally crying running out past Buckingham Palace yeah it was wild um and then I wrote my brother into doing an ultra marathon 
run by a country called Rat Race in the UK. And it's essentially across Hadrian's Wall. Um, in well, So if you think of a map of the UK, as it like bottlenecks, like across mm. the top there? Yeah. So I think it was like 64 miles or 69 miles, something like that. Oh, wow. And my brother had never run a marathon. That was his first marathon running like two marathons essentially in one day so um yeah I he's fine like it was totally fine yeah <laughs> it wasn't yeah but um yeah that so we did that and I was just sort of hooked I really liked the fact that in ultra marathons like you could like in trail runs you could walk up hills I thought that was a great idea <laughs> rather than having to run up hills um and I just really liked the people on there and I was sort of really sold from that moment on and then so that was and before that was, you moved out here, obviously. Or yeah, that was yeah. on one of the visits home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back to UK. And then one of my dad's friends had an Iron Man tattoo. And I remember talking to him about it when I was younger. And I just thought it was like really cool and like totally wild that someone would do that all in one day. And it was always in the back of my mind that I was like, I really want to try it. Like, I'm really, I'm good at swimming and I love running and I can ride a bike. So, <laughs> like, I just really wanted to try it. And I sort of made it my goal to do it when I was, before I was 30. And yeah, then, and you did. Yeah, just really, I really overcommitted to that as well. I just bought a bike <laughs> and. Mm. Which, um, which one did you do? Taupo in New Zealand. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've done that twice now. That's amazing. And so what do you want to do going forward? What are your, do you have goals? Is that how you work? Or are you more, uh, you'll see how I feel in another two or three um, years, whether I want to oh, attack different things? Yeah, I definitely have some races I really, or runs I really want to do. Um, after having the girls, I had signed up to a few races and, um, oops, sorry, just is it coming. We can't have a cough. It's very annoying. <laughs> Mind you, now I want a cough. Thank you. I'm just trying to suppress it as well. <laughs> it's a bit like when people yawn, you know, and you're all in the same room and everybody yeah. catches it. <laughs> yes, I definitely have a few races that I really want to do. Um, I actually signed up to a few and then I had to withdraw. I kept getting niggles and injuries. And I just oh. think that, you know, my post baby body was yeah. a new body that I had to get to know to be honest yeah. um yeah. especially twins too I can only imagine I have not had twins yeah but, um <laughs> I imagine that um causes all more you know all sorts of yeah the stress on your body different like, issues I think, <laughs> yeah I don't think I think if I realized how how much stress it was going to put on my body I probably honestly would have trained for pregnancy because it was a yeah. lot um yeah. the I did end up getting preeclampsia, um, yeah. and but the last weigh-in I had at the hospital, I put on forty kilos, wow. um, and the babies were very small. Um, wow. They were like one point six and one point seven kilos, oh. so a lot of that was like just fluid, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it got to a point I was really struggling to even walk, and I don't think I realized how hard. Mm. Sounds like a... was going to be on the body. Yeah, especially on yeah, and it, everybody's different. You know, oh like, yeah. So ever you know that's what's happened with your body. So it's yeah, just interesting how it how it affects it. Because I'd had no like I've had five children, and I'm the only one yeah. who's not a twin in my family. Like my mum's had two sets of twins, 
No um, way. So I'm the special one. I just want everyone to know that because I'm not a twin. So there's twins, there's twins around. Uh, she had a, a, an identical and a non-identical set. So she, yeah. had but anyway, um, the point being, I do, I am aware of twins a bit in our family. No, <laughs> uh, the stress that it can put under you, not just the body physically having it, but even just you know, having suddenly two sets of everything yeah. that has to happen at the same time. So it's different if you've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old or a one-year-old and a three-year-old because they're going through things different, like at a different yeah. time. Yeah. So having to that double up is also very challenging, I think. Um, yeah. So I always think people who have multiple births are amazing and do amazing things to be able to do it all. You can't, but the Australian government doesn't recognise twins as multiple births. That's another they probably another full podcast. No, my no. gosh, that seems a yeah. bit silly. Well, you have yeah. to have three and more, do you? So yeah, you have to have higher order multiples. Yeah. Oh, that's so silly. Anyway, all right. So your so your body um, after having twins is learning a different way to run. Yeah, so I was getting niggles and injuries. I had a really amazing coach, but, um, yeah, I just felt like every time I started increasing that distance, um, my body didn't respond the way that it had. So I have ended up taking quite a giant step back and really going to the gym for the first Mm -hmm. time in my life, like somewhat consistently, um, and really just focusing on, like, strengthening Mm -hmm. and a bit of conditioning to try and yeah mitigate which would probably be really good i mean i'm in my 50s quite a bit older than you but so i i wish that i'd started strength and conditioning work consistently when i was younger like i've run most of my life um and i wish that i had because because it will then support you when you're older so if you're starting it now yeah um for the reasons that you're starting it but if you keep doing it consistently through yeah. your life you'll find when you get to my age everything will be much easier <laughs> hopefully that's the goal yeah um so we yeah so that's what I'm doing at the minute and I'm running much shorter distances um but the goal is yeah to get back into longer races but then at the minute as well it's also a balancing act because yeah. any time that I am training especially you know for more hours this time away from the kids and although mm. I recognise that having time with myself is important. Um, it's really necessary for me to be a good mum and a good partner yeah. and co-worker. And but um, yeah, it's that balance, isn't it? Like, mm. oh, sorry, my cat has just come in and she's got this and really annoying toy that I just have to get rid of. It's like a squeaking <laughs> hedgehog, and it's so annoying. <laughs> I don't think we can, oh, we might be able to just hear it. I was going to say, I don't think I could oh. even hear it, but then I think I just heard it. <laughs> yeah. Animals. Yes. Yeah. Actually, my puppy's been very quiet, which is unusual. Yeah, very well behaved. <laughs> it's very unusual. Um, so how do you fit it in? How do you do that balance between a busy mum, working life yeah. and fit in, you know, you know that you need to be consistent with your running and, you know, some kind of strength slash gym stuff as well yeah so most so I also study as well I'm studying nursing at Utah so um (laughs) I yeah like the schedule's full like you're saying so mostly it's um yeah I get up early my alarm usually goes off around five and I'll head to the gym or for a run or whatever and then the girls 
uh, go to like either my mum and dad's or my partner's mum and dad's or daycare Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I will, um, sometimes I'll go like take the dog for a run or something on those days or arrive. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you-, you know, Saturday morning, sometimes we do park run. We yeah. involve, I involve the girls in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's just, you've just found ways to be able to make it happen inside the busy schedule that you already have. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. as a family, we ride bikes. So um, we have like those little shotgun seats and take the girls mountain biking. Which oh. they, yeah, they like. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So you do have some long distance plans in the future once you've got your foundation um, back yeah, where you want it. Absolutely. Um, I really so I still haven't done gone maps I've um, entered it like a couple of times now and then from injury had to withdraw so that's definitely on my list for next year I'm hoping to be ship shape ready for that um if you're the overland run um so I've actually volunteered and been the sweep for that run a few years and I'd love to actually do the run myself so I have to do a race to qualify for that So, so that, yeah. that's funny because they're two races that I have on my future little bucket list. Maybe we're so. doing it together. We that would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm just amazed. Yeah. Anyway, yes, me too. <laughs> so that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, so they're pretty big, they're pretty big deals in Tassie. Yeah. When it comes to distances and things like that. So that's exciting. It's really yeah. exciting. I love it. Um that's the goal. Probably for <laughs> hopefully for next year and the following year. What sort of things do you think about when you're running? No, like probably not that much. I do. Um, I don't. What do you mean? Like what mentally is what? Yeah, goes like, what, mind, like or... some people, I mean, and it changes, I think, depending on your run, where you're yeah. running, all that kind of stuff. If you're listening to something, if you've got you know, something in your head, like plugged in. No, um, I absolutely never run with yeah. music or podcast or anything. Yeah. Yeah. When I run my bike, I do. But when I run, it's um, yeah, just me. I like to be able to take in my surroundings not for like for just for that grounding purpose yeah. I think I like to be really present I definitely it's a great way for me to clear my head I definitely do a lot of monologuing and talking to having mm-hmm. you know conversations with people or thinking about things that are happening in my life so yeah yeah I it's a great way for me to clear my head or to get clarity on something and yeah I absolutely never run with music. I always just. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And you, you do run with people sometimes too. You were saying that before, depending on, certainly on Saturdays with Parkrun. Yeah, Parkrun is, well, it just gets pretty busy there. Yeah. <laughs> so I usually run with a couple of girlfriends at Parkrun, but most of my other runs are done by myself. And yeah, it's often been that way. And this is a specific training session that I was doing yeah. with a group or, you know, a social run. But yeah. most of my running I do do by myself, yeah. What do you think motivates you to keep running? Why is running bubbled to the top of all of these different sporting things that you, you've had and mentioned? Why is it running, do you think? That's that's a great that's... question. That I Honestly, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure why. I think because it's so available yeah you know like it doesn't matter if I go for a 20 minute run or a two hour run mm-hmm. I can literally just put on my shoes and just walk out the door and it's happening yeah. um and it's I feel 
so great afterwards. It doesn't matter if I don't want to go, if I'm not feeling great, if it's slow, if it's fast, if I've killed it on the PBs or getting all the crowns on Strava or not that really happens, but you know what I mean? Um, the little gold cups. Yeah. Um, like I always feel better for going for a run. Um, if I'm tired, I go for a run and it wakes me up. If I've got anxious energy, I go for a run and it brings me down. Like it's just has this ability to help me yeah ground myself and level myself I and it's just really positive for my mental health and well-being and I'm just an, I really like being outside and it doesn't really matter like I said the weather I'm just happy to yeah have that time and space to myself I think do you find mm. it's hard to step into bad weather but if bad weather happens while you're running it's all fine and more exciting um like the, honestly the only weather I really don't like running in is like really high winds but other yeah. than that I'll pretty much if it's raining I'll just put a coat on and off I go I, yeah. yeah I think growing up in England um <laughs> you cannot be so you fussy. can't let the weather bother too much tonight. <laughs> and so I always fussy. know like so lucky I know that I'm coming home to a warm house yeah. and a hot shower and yeah it doesn't I think for that reason it doesn't faze me too much yeah I love that I, I grew up on King Island so you know, oh, un unpleasant weather. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. wind, windy and wet was quite common. At yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, it's talking about English weather. Um, when do you think you first thought of yourself as a runner or have you ever not thought, yeah, have you always thought of yourself as a runner? How do you think? Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, because I guess when, like, I was doing triathlon, I always thought of myself as a runner who had come to, like, a multi-sport yeah. Yeah. discipline. Um yeah, probably when I, I reckon probably when I signed up to the London Marathon and yeah. um, got that first watch and I, I signed up to a couple of races before the London Marathon, you know, um, and I think then I sort of thought I was a runner. Yeah. That's interesting. And you've talked about having injuries and often on this podcast, we talk a little bit about identity, especially mm -hmm. around, you know, if you identify yourself as a runner, but then you have an injury that stops you running for a little while. If oh, that's yeah. kind of it, how does how do you deal with that in, in a mental health capacity? That's actually very hard. Um, so I've had a couple of pretty significant injuries. Uh, mainly not the worst injuries have not been from running, but from being falling off my bike. Um, yeah. <laughs> particularly when I was training for triathlons, like road coming off my road bike. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I yeah, I've been I've been hit by cars like three times now. Oh or no. Maybe, yeah, I think it's three times. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, and yeah, I know, don't write near me. Um, and I've ended up in emergency once in Hobart and then another time in Victoria. Wow. And that time in Victoria was like the last time and it was kind of their final straw. Like I, that was mm. what really um, met, like that, yeah, transitioned me from triathlon. Mm to trail running I think yeah. and ultra running um yeah. I just couldn't deal with it anymore um the fear factor yeah it gave me a pretty bad anxiety so mm. not being able to and also during pregnancy as well like when I couldn't run um it took me a long time to get over that I reckon mm. it took me up until about 20 weeks of pregnancy before like I got over the fact that my life was changing so significantly yeah. and I wasn't able to do all the things I wanted to do so yeah it's definitely really challenging I I try and find a different way to exercise, to be honest. If yeah. I can't run, I would always ask, or oh, can I swim or can I ride a stationary mm. bike? Um, like I said, I've just come 
to going to the gym, but I still feel like cardio is the best workout for me mm. because it's the one that I find brings me the best mental clarity, I guess, mm-hmm. and is the best reliever of stress and tension. Mm. I do have started really enjoying going to the gym, but it's just not the same yeah. feeling that I get. Yeah, right. I understand that we, um, in periods of my life, when I haven't been able to run as consistently, really feel a loss of or that, that sense of identity kind of slipping away. Mm. It's like, I'm a runner. So if I can't run, who am I? Or, you know, what do I do instead? And sometimes on the podcast, we talk about, well, maybe, and it sounds like you already do that, but identify yourself as someone who wants to keep moving or someone who wants to stay fit as possible. So that yeah. when you can't do that specific activity, other things can take its place for a while while you're recovering from your yeah. injuries. Mm. It's a, that's a challenging time though. And mm. giving yourself the time to recover from an injury and not just trying to get back onto the road or the trails, yeah. you know, to listen to your body and also any specialists advice you might have thought that's mm. when you see like everybody's out there running when you can't run for it <laughs> oh, yeah. you can't run for a couple of weeks for, to get over something it's like everybody's running <laughs> yeah except for me yeah it's not fair. <laughs> mm. all right how long do you think you'll run for you in in your life kate the, like forever definitely forever. i really want to be one of those ladies that they make you know um videos of like oh there's this 101 year old Kate who just broke the record for like 100 meters on the track or something like I really oh, want to do that that's yeah. like me I want that too yeah there we go exciting so we could do all these long distance runnings together the events that we've already pointed out we want to do here in Tassie yeah and then we'll be um mind you you're about 20 years younger than me so you'll probably be I always think when I get to a certain age group, I'll finally be the fastest in that age group. But then I yeah. look around and I realize there are actually people who are much faster than me, who are like already aging with us, much yeah. older than me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not even going to happen. So you, you, I kind of get over that and my goal just becomes, I just want to complete <laughs> lots yeah. of events and see how far I can take my body, really. That's definitely but, how I've moved from like being feeling quite competitive to being like just complete not compete that's not sort of my motto in it exactly I just want to get to that finish line and still be able to walk across it yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so, and um and still be doing it when I'm 100 101 whatever yes I love yeah that. I really hope it's like indefinite for me like I really I really hope it's part of my life I hope um like my grandkids are taking the mickey out of me for being some like crazy granny running running, granny. Yeah. running great granny by then mm. yeah <laughs> that's, that's, it. that's exciting yeah. um all right is how do you think if you hadn't like if you hadn't adopted running as this thing that you that you do and to become a runner how do you think your life might have been different so what does it you think it might have given your life that it might be missing oh man that's like a massive question I, like I have no idea because mm. yeah it's given me so much like I've traveled far and wide to do events I've met amazing lifelong friends um through doing running um some of my like best friendships are I met doing running or triathlon or whatever so to me it's been it's got like yeah it's it's just such a powerful mm-hmm. path that I guess running's led me on I, I would have there would be something else you know like I said I've gone through stages of scuba diving yeah. and you know my current partner 
um, he introduced me to like mountain biking yeah. and that's something that like I really never thought I'd get into as much as I have and yeah. um, I think that would have been something else yeah I would have probably found another sport but I don't know if it's quite the same what do you think? I don't know if it sounds like a similar question that I asked you before, but what do you think motivates you? Is like, like often with running, there are people who are motivated to get to the finish line, to be faster, to tick off the furthest distance, to see what their body can do, to like what motivates you to keep moving, even if it's not necessarily running, but some people it's that next event that's what gets them out the door you know the training Mm. you talked about why why you want to keep fit so what do you think your biggest motivator is for wanting to be this fit person it's it's hard question Mm. for someone like you I think because you've always had that in your life in some way even though you've had the patches of you know partying and stuff which we all have (laughs) it's just no I mean I they were like parallel lives like yeah, I, I see you was, out right. to five and then get up and go for a run like I was still that person no that's it yeah that's such a good question um yeah is it a motivation yeah, I, that is passed down through the family train I, I don't know like it's, it's just that's what you do it's like I yeah, get up in the morning like and have it, breakfast <laughs> it's not I feel like it's just, it is very ingrained in yeah. who I am and I find it harder to have a day when I do nothing than to get up early and do something Mm -hmm. it sets me up for the day so Mm -hmm. well I get this like really like like that feeling of unrest if I haven't done something it's almost like in order for me to sit down and be productive or to be able to give you know all the patience and energy that my kids need to them or whatever I'm doing I need to have like got this out my system first um I love that. That's kind of, that's how I feel actually a lot too. Yeah. Or it creates its own anxiety, you know, when you can't go. Yeah. Um, so previously it would have been to like training, hitting milestones for a bit, like yeah. on the progression towards an event. Mm. Recently, mm. it's not so much like that. It's more just like, I really enjoy that feeling of being strong or mm-hmm. of being fit. Mm. Um, I like the feeling of testing myself. I do yeah. track at my activity level. So at the gym I like to be aiming towards a PB or if I'm running I do like to have an event to aim for even if it's a like more low-key more fun event Mm -hmm. you know rather than something I pay like a thousand dollars to enter and you know spent a year specifically training for that event um yeah I love doing the like the local trail runs like you know the Kanani Trail Series or the Kanani Mountain Run Mm -hmm. running festival like those um that was amazing I did that yeah (laughs) Which one did you do? The just the twenty five. No, oh, no, I didn't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the twenty five. <laughs> such an amazing event. It was um, spectacular. The indoor fun trail series as well. That you do such great runs. So yeah, we're sport for choice. Mm. Yeah. We are a bit lucky here, aren't we? <laughs> we're so lucky. Yeah. So do you think trails will become your run of choice? As we we've I touched on it, it feels like it will be from what you said. Without saying, yeah, it's definitely just... like. I mean, doing a big marathon, like I did the Melbourne Marathon a few years ago and you finish in the NCG and mm-hmm. it's like, a, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's I've like, you know, a big event. Yeah, okay, you know what I'm talking about. I know, you know what that one's like. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
There's that coughing again. It must have been running into the G. Such an exciting moment for those people in Australia anyway who are into AFL and, and cricket. <laughs> made me laugh. That was it. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, yeah, like those big marathons, the London Marathon, the Melbourne Marathon, where you have like big crowds and it's very yeah. exciting. Like that's great. Like I really enjoy that. But um, definitely trail running just has a different, I have a different connection with it. Vibe, um, it? Yeah, it makes me yeah. feel like feel different you know just being outside that connection to the country that you're running through and yeah I love that I've had a lot of people like on the podcast who do trail running now like heaps across Australia especially the the long ultra distance stuff and what they often talk about is the people so Mm. in in the trail community most people seem to navigate from you know road racing like road marathons or whatever and into getting end up in a trail run and they talk about the difference that it is mm. when you're in a trail run often because you're in a sort of more exposed area like it's a bit harder to get help if you need it and things like that so everyone who's running they're not just competing against each other but you're almost like a team it's kind of yes know, the right way to say because you're all having this experience and you've got to rely on each other you everyone else your competitors around you if something goes wrong that's a yeah a great observation I think that's so true the um yeah the adversary is just as much as the terrain and the environment as people in your age group you know so I think that yeah there's definitely a good like camaraderie um a lot more chat people checking in on each other um yeah like you're saying that sort of feeling of unity or of teamwork or something like that Mm, yeah which I love anyway it's very cool um and also there's so many like like this was one thing that blew me out about endurance running I think um there's so many I remember really clear on that Hadrian's 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 run it's such a mouthful um Hadrian's wall run there we're at the start line and they're like all these like old guys like oh way older than my dad at the time Mm -hmm. just like stood there like real casually and it didn't say like it one of them was even wearing like a shirt like a button up shirt <laughs> and I just remember like looking at him and thinking like are you wow. serious <laughs> anyway yeah it's like we're just chatting away you know for like probably a mile or two or whatever and then he said okay see you later and I thought like oh he's gonna walk and he just absolutely took off and <laughs> I never saw him again mm-hmm. and I just feel like the longer races the endurance races there's so many it seems to span you know like through so like through all different ages you get like up and up like you know young people sort of I guess 18 or late teens early 20s and then you get people you know I know some really amazing local runners who are in their like 60s and they're absolutely just mountain goats you know they're, they're doing such great times and just really still enjoying it and just they're so fit and yeah it's so that's really inspiring to see yeah it is and, then, and it affects the, all of their life too doesn't it it's not just that event yeah you know, you're in an event it's actually the rest of your life when you when you're that healthy and yeah fit. and I think yeah and how you know it's so nice I get to have like friendships with people from all different ages walks of life like I wouldn't you know I don't really have that many other like 50 or 60 year old friends that guy friends but you know through running I, I know some really amazing people and it's connected me to some really amazing people that I probably wouldn't otherwise know I love mm. that I love it and and I yeah we noticed that at our local running club as well yeah the mm. the people that you're standing next to could be you know somebody from 
who's a checkout chick and the person on your other side is your local doctor. Like they're all, yeah. but we all come together because we all love to run and we all have that thing in common. And I think it's great community yeah. sort of. A great community builder. Yeah, definitely. Mm, I love it. All right. I know you have a meeting to get to next. Before mm-hmm. you go, though, a couple more questions. Is there anything about running in general that we haven't talked about or touched on that you'd like to share, people? Oh, that's that's a hard one. I'll um, ask you for some tips in a minute, but apart from tips, just in, in general running. Look, I think I've like, mentioned this a couple of times, but for me, like I do currently work in the disability mental health space and um, I'm studying nursing and I'm definitely hoping to work as a mental health nurse. That's the area that I want to specialise in. Um, for me, I just see like such a massive correlation between obviously everyone knows that being active is good for your physical health but how important it is for your mental health yeah um and I personally speaking being a mum of like multiples you're much higher much more likely to experience things like postnatal depression and isolation and it has just been so important for me to continue getting outside going for a run whatever that looks like not compared to like you know what I how fit and how I used to be but for getting outside and running for me has been that conduit like to a great you know social keeping my social life going and also just really maintaining good mental health and physical health and I think it's a really underrated medicine but getting outside Mm. in the sun or rain or whatever the weather's doing getting fresh air you know, there would be times when the girls were babies and they'd be screaming and I have no idea why because yeah. I'd done everything the midwife had given me the checklist to do. Checklist to do, And I was like, right, that's it. We're going for a walk. I'm done with them into the push gym. You know, off we went. And I just feel like it just brought everyone down. You know, like everyone's yeah. anxiety and stress was down. They'd go to sleep. I'd get out, get moving. I'd come back things so much better. and like, yes, I can conquer this. And it's been like that through all my life, through study, through work stresses, through mm-hmm. breakups, through injury, you know, or sickness, whatever. I've just had that sort of to hold on to and it's really helped me. So that's I, that's what I think is a big, important takeaway. I think it's almost the, yeah, I think it's a more important than the physical side in many ways. Like for all of us, how important yeah. our mental health is and how valuable uh, running in particular because this is a running podcast I'm sure we could talk about other physical activities but um, specifically running um, can be for our mental health I think it yeah, should almost be prescribed you know? yes. <laughs> I do yeah. my mum's my an art therapist and I keep she's not actually very sporty and but I do keep telling her I think there should be a running therapist there probably is running therapists around the world because I think it's Definitely. just as valuable as her art therapy <laughs> yeah definitely I think like doctors should well, obviously I'm not a doctor and I'm never going to be one, but so I don't want to tell them how to do their job. But I do feel like people should be prescribed, um, yeah, like sunlight and exercise. and Get out there. You know, what is yeah. it, forest bathing they do in Japan? I, that, I have heard that, yeah. That sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Even just the thought of it, the way you, it sounds very evocative, doesn't it, forest bathing? Yeah. It's lovely. All right. I do like my regular beach therapy. I head off and get my... Yeah. Sunshine. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Tips for beginner runners. Do you have any? Somebody comes up here and says, Kate, I want to start running. Where would you point them? 
Well, I mean, first of all, I'd get a decent pair of shoes because, yeah. like, you don't want to be, like, I'd say just grab your trainers and go running out the door. But if you've just got, like, Converse or Vans, you're not going to have a good experience. So, yeah, just go to your local running shop. We're really lucky. We've got, like, the, you know, a few different choices. You know, yeah. the running edge will find your feet down here. Yeah. Um, like, a specialised sort of running shops. Um, so, depending if you're going to get into road running or trail running, I'd say get a decent pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, it's the cat just walking across the keyboard. It's not that <laughs> um, yeah, and then just have a crack, really. Um, I mean, I think we're pretty lucky uh, in Tassie. You know, I've never really contemplated things like safety or, yeah. um, you know like that's maybe some of our other sort of physical safety stuff mm. yeah physical safety like i'm in a lot of like international running groups mm. on things like facebook and it seems like that americans are obsessed with their safety which i do understand but mm. i feel we're quite lucky that you know i feel relatively safe whether i was going for a run around the streets of north hobart where i used to live yeah. or around on the trails here but yeah maybe tell someone where you're going and yeah. um yeah just oh and my other i guess my other tip would be don't give up in the first kilometer <laughs> because most people don't feel great when they start their run it takes a while for the body you know the blood to get flowing and the body to get to used adjust. to the idea mm. to adjust yeah just cut yourself some slack and you know get that heart rate up and let it come back down and settle and then see where you are just don't be like oh this is too hard in the first hundred meters you know uh, and if it is too hard just run walk run walk you know yeah. like oh i'll just jog to that lamp post and then i'll give myself like 10 steps to recovery and build up mm. yeah i, I find a it. running group connect mm. to people yeah. there's amazing running groups yeah. we're so lucky with sports enjoys here i know and the motivation if someone else is if you've already told someone else you're meeting them oh yeah 100 <laughs> do it so gets me out of the door <laughs> a fair bit yeah it's like oh i can't let them down yeah <laughs> that's what i'm like anyway all right it has been an absolute delight kate don't jump off straight away because i just need to ask you a couple of questions off the recording but thank you so much for sharing what an inspiration Little, um, thank you so much for having me and it sorry was... about all the uh, coughing bits as well not it's absolutely fine i did mean to keep score but i don't know what everyone else is up to maybe four (laughs) oh now we've got five there we go (laughs) anyway kate it has been a delight hopefully i'll see you out at the start of one of these long trails in the next uh in the next 12 months exciting all right thank you thank you for listening to the fit mind fit body podcast i'd love to talk to you about your running journey send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. I also wanted to let you know that I've created an email list so you won't miss any podcast episodes. You'll find details in the show notes and on the Fit Mind Fit Body website, along with a bunch of resources on mindful running. They'll help you to get and stay mentally and physically fit. And I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running and ultimately to improve their life. See you soon.